You're listening to the Resilient Type Podcast with Grace McCorkle. I'm a teacher turned mindset coach for millennial women, and I'm here to help you reframe your thinking and enhance your resilience so you can overcome your biggest obstacle, yourself. On this podcast, I'll be diving into the mindset issues that are keeping you stuck and sharing actionable advice to help you get out of your own way so you can reach your full potential. Ready? Let's go. Hi guys, welcome to episode 8 of the Resilient Type podcast. So you've probably noticed that it's been a few weeks since I've shared a new episode. If you've been following me on Instagram or if you're on my email list, you'll have some idea why. I was on annual leave for a week and I've also had some big things happening behind the scenes. I've also been working through the topic of this week's podcast on a personal level. I've been majorly sabotaging myself. More on that in a minute. But first, let me break down what we'll cover in this episode. Today I'll be explaining what self-sabotage is, why we do it, five key signs of self-sabotage, and how to prevent future self-sabotage. By the end of this episode, you'll understand what self-sabotage is and what's causing it, be able to identify how self-sabotage is showing up in your life, and have the information you need to overcome it. Make sure you hang around until the end because I'll also be sharing a free resource that can help you take this topic even further. Before we get started, let me know if you're tuning in, take a screenshot, share on Instagram, and don't forget to tag me at Empowered Millennial Girl. I'll be honest with you, when I started this podcast, I did have some goals in mind. My major goal was to get on Apple's new noteworthy list. This was because I wanted to get as much reach as possible so that I could help as many people as possible. If you have an iPhone, um, the Apple Podcasts icon is the little purple icon. And basically when you open that app, you will see a whole lot of recommended podcasts. And the new noteworthy list is probably one of the first things that you'll see. The same is true if you have iTunes on your computer. If you open up the iTunes app, you will see the new noteworthy list of podcasts there too. As far as I'm aware, to be eligible for this list, you've only got eight weeks from when you actually launch your podcast on Apple Podcasts. And the iTunes algorithm uses details like how consistent you post, the number of subscribers you have, the number of ratings and reviews you have, and also the number of listens or downloads that you have to determine if you make it onto the new noteworthy list. Of course, I am so grateful for all of you and I really appreciate all the lovely reviews that have been left on the podcast. And it's definitely moved things forward, but I quickly realized that it wasn't going to be easy to get featured on the new noteworthy list. So because of that, I find myself self-sabotaging So there would be absolutely no way that I would achieve that goal. This has looked like procrastinating in writing transcripts and constantly changing my plans so I don't get episodes out on time. So yep, I'm also still working on my resilience and of course I also have to deal with self-sabotage. Personal development is just never really done. If you Google self-sabotage, you'll come across various definitions of the term. One that I came across defines it as sabotaging, whether consciously or subconsciously, of oneself. It can show up at work, in relationships, really in any area of your life. 
Think of a time when you try to get out of doing something or when you plan to fail. Maybe you intentionally refused to study for an exam so you could blame the result on lack of effort. Conscious self-sabotage. Or maybe it's more subconscious. Maybe you woke up in a great mood, ready to be productive and get on top of your to-do list, but then you sat down and did the same thing you do every morning. Spent an hour on Instagram instead. This, my friend, is self-sabotage. While self-sabotage can seem out of your control, and definitions like the one I mentioned before don't help, self-sabotage isn't just happening to you. There's a perfectly simple explanation why you and I and everyone else in the world self-sabotage. Want to hear what it is? We self-sabotage because we're not managing our mind. Even though the way we live has evolved over time, our brains haven't changed much at all. We're still looking out for danger, we're still craving connection. The primal brain is driven by survival, and when you self-sabotage, it's just your brain's way of trying to keep you safe in some way. Safety is comfortable, risk is dangerous. If you're subconsciously self-sabotaging, it's because you're following learned patterns or acting on habits that you've created to resist uncomfortable work. Learned patterns could have developed in childhood. So if, for example, you only got attention when adults were angry at you, you could still be playing into this at work by turning up late. Obviously, if you keep turning up late to work, it isn't going to go well. It's important to remember that we act in accordance with how we feel or how we want to feel. Think about it like this. Would you rather feel tired or comfortable? Worried or relaxed? Temporarily happy or temporarily stressed? Your brain wants you to feel comfortable, so it's normal that you'll create self-sabotaging habits if what you're doing is new or comes with some risk. Self-sabotage is both a protection mechanism and a survival instinct. There's another reason why we self-sabotage as well, and it may be something you're already aware of. Can you guess what it is? Sometimes we self-sabotage because we're looking for an emotional escape. When you feel sad, do you ever watch your favourite comedy to forget about what's going on in real life? Escapism can feel good temporarily, but it's just another form of self-sabotage. Knowing all this, it's easy to see why we self-sabotage so often. Hey, if you want to feel motivated, gain clarity and become more organized, then you have to check out my free library of checklists, workbooks and resources for ambitious millennials. Sure, you've got the knowledge, but these tools will help you take action. Sign up at empoweredmillennialgirl.com. I know you're going to love it. All right, let's get back to the show. To prevent future self-sabotage, it's important to look out for the signs and nip it in the bud ASAP. The five most common signs of self-sabotage are 1. Negativity and self-doubt. If you're constantly looking for mistakes, being overly critical and regularly doubting your abilities, this can be a sign that you don't feel good enough. As a result, you'll self-sabotage to prove yourself right. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Number 2. Overindulgence. Overeating, binge-watching Netflix or substance abuse are all classic signs of self-sabotage. I'm sure you've heard of eating your feelings. Overindulgence in any form can indicate the same thing. Number three, procrastination and disorganization. Like overindulgence, procrastination is another way to escape your feelings. 
You might be disorganized because you're avoiding something bigger, like trying something new or risking failure. Number four, causing conflict. Have you ever intentionally started an argument or pushed someone away? This may have been because you wanted to sabotage a relationship to ironically feel comfortable or because you were feeling hurt or rejected. And number five is making comparisons. You know that comparing yourself to others is unlikely to motivate you, but if you're feeling inadequate, you may also self-sabotage in this way to prove yourself right. Do any of these signs sound familiar? I know that I've personally done all these things, but what can we do to prevent a full-blown derailment? When it comes to escapism, remember that what you're really doing is trying to escape negative feelings. Instead of pushing those feelings away and inevitably self-sabotaging, why not explore them? I know it's easier said than done, but try to be curious about your thoughts and feelings. Ask yourself why you're feeling this way. Don't be afraid to feel them. At the end of the day, what you'll experience is just a sensation in your body. What you're really avoiding is the thoughts that come along with it. It's what you're thinking that's really upsetting you. Procrastinating thoughts are comfortable and, to be honest, predictable, especially if they're associated with a habit like watching Netflix. When you start thinking a procrastinating thought like, I deserve a break, or I wonder whether that show is as good as everyone's saying it is, just notice them. You don't have to act on them. Notice them and try to understand why you're having these thoughts. Then let them go, knowing that you've got your best interests at heart. Back in July, I decided to do a little experiment. At the time, I had recently resigned from my day job and I was trying to set up a new routine. I had spent the week trialling what worked best and on Friday I woke up feeling motivated and ready to get at it. I blocked out my tasks from 7am to 5pm that day, but within 10 minutes I started feeling resistant to actually following through with this plan. Naturally, I was curious about why this might be, so I challenged myself to be disciplined and follow my schedule for the day. No excuses. Honestly, I was surprised at how many times I was tempted to give in to distraction. It felt like every half hour an excuse to do something else would pop into my mind. I made a note of the key ones. They were, I'm motivated to do such and such now. I should jump on this while it lasts. I can fit such and such into my schedule. I deserve to have another break. What if I forget this information next week? I should probably do it while I remember. Oops, I didn't schedule such and such. The plan should be adjusted. This is important. On the surface, these seem like valid reasons, don't they? But what was really going on? Well, when I probed further, I realised that I believed I wasn't good at time management. When you believe something, you look for evidence that it's true, and if what you believe is in opposition to what you're doing, you'll try to self-sabotage. Yes, it felt difficult and uncomfortable to stay on task. Never had my desire to research the real-life glow team felt more critical. But I listened to the thoughts, told myself that this experiment was just for today, and moved on. At the end of the experiment, I felt really proud of myself for following through with my plan. I started to rebuild some of the trust that I had lost with myself, and I discovered a limiting, fixed belief that I previously wasn't aware of. Once I was aware of it, I could work on it and start making the necessary changes. 
When it comes to reframing your thinking, I'd like to offer a little nugget of wisdom that my coach recently shared. I think it might be helpful for you too. She said that when she gets lots of self-sabotaging thoughts, she thinks, this must mean that my next breakthrough is close. Because change is uncomfortable. So yes, what you need to do may seem hard, and it may feel uncomfortable, but change is uncomfortable. If you want to get to the next level in whatever it is you're self-sabotaging, you need to get over this hurdle and do the work. In conclusion, it's normal to want to self-sabotage when you're pursuing something new. Your brain will always want you to stay comfortable rather than take a risk. But just because you're having certain thoughts or experiencing certain emotions, it doesn't mean you have to act on them. When you manage your mind and reframe your thinking, you can get past self-sabotage and take your life to the next level. It'll take practice and effort, but I know that you're the resilient type. You can do this. To recap, here's what we've covered in this episode. Self-sabotage means getting in your own way and sabotaging your success, whether consciously or subconsciously. This could relate to your work, relationships, or anything new. Self-sabotage isn't just happening to you. You're choosing to follow patterns and act on habits that feel comfortable because we act in accordance with how we feel or how we want to feel. The five most common signs of self-sabotage are negativity and self-doubt, overindulgence, procrastination and disorganization, causing conflict, and making comparisons. Watch out for these. To prevent future self-sabotage, you'll need to manage your mind and reframe your thinking. This means being curious about your thoughts and feelings and being open to experiencing the feelings rather than distracting yourself from them. It also means listening to the thoughts that come up and letting them go. Not giving in to distraction helps you build trust with yourself. When the desire to self-sabotage is strong, remember, your next breakthrough must be close because change is uncomfortable. I've really only scratched the surface of the topic of self-sabotage in this episode, but if you've stuck around until the end, thank you. As promised, I've got a free resource that can help you dive even further and get to the root of your specific self-sabotaging behaviours. Introducing the Self-Sabotage Discovery Journal Prompts. A bit of a mouthful, I know, but don't let the name put you off. These journal prompts will help you to identify the specific patterns, habits and thoughts that are holding you back so you can stop feeling confused and start getting out of your own way. Want a copy? Head over to empoweredmillennialgirl.com and sign up for free access to my personal development resource library now. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you've got any questions, hit me up on Instagram. You can find me at empoweredmillennialgirl. I'd love to chat. Talk soon enjoying the podcast let's make it official subscribe and leave a review so more people can find the show it would mean the world to me and if you want to read today's show notes head over to empoweredmillennialgirl.com thanks for tuning in